Eric says, how high of a chance does Cannoneer have beating Izzy? <clears throat> Damn, dude. Um, I mean, I would say personally that I heavy favor, heavily favor Israel Adesanya. I, I think um, I don't necessarily think Cannoneer brings anything to the table that that Izzy hasn't seen. You know what I mean? You know, Izzy has fought um, similar styles. Like, you know, Derek Brunson is not necessarily Jared Cannonier, but there's some similarities there. Like a powerful guy that could grapple, that could wrestle, you know, that has knockout power, that throws, for the, for the most part, like single shots, like not lengthy combinations. And, you know, Cannonier is not like super fluid on the feet, you know, um, kind of similarities to Derek Brunson. Same thing with Yoel Romero. <clears throat> so, same thing with Paulo Costa. Like, Izzy has fought, like, these big, powerful guys that can knock you out. <clears throat> and I'm not sure what Jerry Cannonier is going to do, necessarily. I mean, to Jerry Cannonier's credit, the guy's, a, the guy's a tank. You know, he's a tank. He looks like he's made out of metal. Um, <clears throat> he got nasty low kicks. Every time he hits you with something, it, it definitely looks like it hurts. <clears throat> he's also explosive. He's pretty quick. <clears throat> but I just don't think he has the the skill on the feet to uh to catch Izzy Izzy standing. I just I just don't. I think Adesanya is too skilled, he's too fluid, he's too mobile. Um yeah. You know, it, and as far as like takedowns, I mean, I feel like Jared Kinnaner could possibly take Israel Adesanya down. He's a super strong guy. Um, if he studies what Jan Blahovich did, that's kind of a blueprint how to beat Adesanya. <clears throat> so if Jared is able to get, get a takedown, he might be able to hold Izzy down and smash his face in with ground pound. So, you know, that's a possible path to victory, but I don't feel like Adesanya is easy to take down, you know. Jan Blahovich did it because he, he's Jan Blahovich. He was like a lot bigger than Adesanya. Izzy like moved up, so that definitely was a factor. Um, Cannonier to me, he he is bigger than Adesanya, but for that particular fight with Blahovich, um, Jan was a lot bigger. So <clears throat> I'm not sure if um, come fight night, uh, Jared Cannonier is going to be a lot bigger like that. So. <clears throat> But if I had to put a ratio on it, I mean, I would give it 70-30 Izzy, you know, for me, dude. Um, I think Adesanya is going to do pretty much what he did to Derek Brunson. You know, keep the fight on the feet, pick Cannonier apart, be patient, take his time, and um, just dissect him on the feet. Barring Cannonier explodes into something and just catches Izzy with a big shot, knocks him out. That definitely could happen. I mean, we saw Whiteman do it to Anderson Silva, who was believed to be, like, unbeatable at the time. So, <clears throat> yeah. But I got I got Izzy 70-30. 70-30. I'm excited for it, though. I want to see it because I like Jerry Cannonier. Um, I think the dude is a beast in many ways, you know? So... And it's like, it's the you never know factor. I mean, you never know. Maybe maybe Jerry could pull it off. Who the hell knows? It's MMA, you know? Anything could happen. <clears throat> but, yeah, going back to the segment I just did, I have to edit it and throw it up. Um, I ranted on a couple of topics. Um, it seems like I pick on TJ Dillashaw, but 
I don't have anything personal against TJ Dillashaw. It's just that <clears throat> it was just kind of like disappointing what he did. And there's a lot of like misinformation out there. Like I was going back and forth with, with a few people <clears throat> as far as like the TJ situation. And, you know, some people have an opinion like at least he came clean and he came clean because he had to. Because the way EPO works, you can't accidentally ingest EPO, you know, it has to be injected either, you know, on your stomach or on your thigh. So he was busted dead to rights and they were going to release the information anyway. Let's say like, I think it was like on a Friday and he came clean like on a Wednesday or something or Thursday. So he gets no credit really for coming clean like that because he was just trying to get get ahead of it and he was busted anyway, dead to rights. <clears throat> and I see like um I saw comparisons with John Jones, but like John Jones popping was actually questionable. Like even um Jeff Nowitzki, you know, he mentioned that on a Joe Rogan. He said like the 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 fill test of Jones is like kind of ambiguous. It's a little bit sketchy because the timing like of when he got when he popped was just weird. Like who takes a PD, a supplement, um, a band you know, substance the day of the weigh-in. That just that just doesn't make sense. Any anybody with half a brain wouldn't do that right before the fight. So it kind of coincides with him accidentally taking something, as well as the amounts in his system <clears throat> and his past drug use, because apparently like they cut cocaine with creatine and some creatine they're made in like tainted vats you know these companies are not very um good with like cleaning out the vats that they mix steroids in and creatine gets tainted with this stuff and the the testing protocols are so precise they could pick up like you know minute traces that is crap in your system so you know the way john popped kind of coincided with a story and like Nowitzki pretty much admitted that and they said that they had to they had to punish him in some way so they just gave him some kind of a punishment but he said it was very possible it was a tainted supplement unlike TJ like TJ was just like flat out there's no way you take an EPO unless if it's a purposeful thing <clears throat> so for TJ Dillashaw to, for TJ Dillashaw to get a title shot after being a blatant cheater like that, and he he defeated Sanhagen, which was kind of like a questionable win in, in the eyes of many people, it's like it's almost like you're rewarding a cheater, you know. And I know TJ's not the only guy that that has taken PEDs. There's guys that probably do it now, you know, um, that are under the radar. But <clears throat> when you do something like that, th- this should be a tougher path to the title for you, you know. I feel like you have to prove yourself. You have to go through contenders and you have to earn the trust of the fans again. That's just my opinion. You shouldn't be fast tracked to the to the title like that. You know, upon your return, you win one questionable fight and you get a title shot. What about Jose Aldo? <clears throat> you know, Jose Aldo was on a he's on a three fight win streak. He defeated Pedro Munoz, Cheeto Vera and uh, Rob Font. That's a hell of a run. You know, he's been in the game forever. He's reinvented himself. I think Jose deserves a title shot. That's just my opinion, though. Eric says, do you think John Jones' absence has anything to do with PED use, considering USADA doesn't immediately announce test failures anymore? 
Um, I'm not sure, dude, to be honest with you. I mean, it is kind of weird. Like, it is kind of weird how John needs so much damn time to get ready to, to go to heavyweight. Like, un I understand. Like, it's a new division. You have to bulk up properly. You got to put on the right weight. And he looks like he put on, like, a good amount of fluff. You know, he's not putting on, like, solid muscle. So maybe he's concerned with that. He wants to put on, like, quality weight. But, um, yeah, he's taking a long time. I mean, I feel like there's been some good fights on the table for him. Like, Stipe's a good one. I know Francis wanted to fight him. Francis is kind of scary, though. <laughs> Francis is kind of scary. You got to really prepare for Francis and Gano. So I kind of don't blame him taking his time with that one. <clears throat> Stylistically, John could be a nightmare for Francis. But at the same time, like, I see Francis knocking him out, dude. I see Francis knocking him out at heavyweight. That's just me, though. But I'm eager to see John come back. I mean, Jones is only like uh, 33 or 34, which is crazy. Like, when I saw that the other day, you know, um, working on videos, I was kind of surprised about that because John feels like he's been... Uh, John feels like... It feels like John has been fighting forever, you know, and you expect John to be like 50 years old. <laughs> Maybe not 50, but you know what I mean? Like he's been, he's been around forever at this point and he's only 34. So you figure guys are still competing very well, like in, into their late thirties, even into their forties. Look at Glover, you know? So, um, it's crazy to think that John may have another damn near decade of competing if he chooses to. But he's been out a while. He's been out a while. Let me see when his last uh, fight was. <clears throat> and who the hell did he compete against? Oh, I just saw John Jones congratulated uh, Yuri, which is, you know, it's kind of cool, I guess. <clears throat> All right, so John's last fight was against Dominic Reyes. That was back, UFC 247. That was February 8th, 2020. That's a long time. <laughs> That's a long time. Yeah, I want to see John back. It's it's a shame. You know, he's just kind of wasting his prime years. All right. So even though I did a video on this already, um, I want to touch on Zabit. Yeah, um, Zabit freaking retired. Zabit retired. Um, he's only 31 years old. He ended with a mixed martial arts record of 18 wins, one loss, uh, six wins via KOTKO, seven submissions. That's a testament to Zabit's well-roundedness. I mean, he's a hell of a fighter. And his last fight was against Calvin Cater. That was back in November 9th, 2019. So <clears throat> I did see Zabit's statement, and he kind of like... Reading in between the lines, for the most part, like, he kind of just said that he lost the fire, for the most part, you know? Um, he suffered some injuries, he had some setbacks, and um, but he said in his statement that, that that's not really, that was, like, not really the, the, the biggest factor of him, like, retiring, like, the injuries or, like, the weight. It's more like he just, like, lost the fire, and like I said, I already talked about this, but I'm on a live anyway, so I'll just I'll just cover it again for the sake of uh, uh, talking on a live. Um, 
you know, MMA is a very difficult sport to, to compete in and to be involved in. Um, you have to like really want it. We got Blue. What's up, Blue? We got Torin. Uh, Torin says he's sad to be retired. Yeah, bro. I'm touching on it right now. <clears throat> Man, I, I honestly feel like Zabit could have been champion. I, I really believe that. But going back on my rant, um, you know, mixed martial arts is a difficult sport. You know, I just have experience as far as like training for a long time and it being like a passion and a hobby. Um, competition wise for me, it was just like wrestling meets, uh, grappling. And when I was younger, like traditional martial arts, like competitions and stuff. But I trained for a couple of fights. And like I said, I trained for like a long time. So I have, I definitely have a, a, a good window into like, you know, a, a, a fighter's life. And it's not easy. <laughs> it is not easy. The training is grueling. You get hurt all the time. I got hurt a bunch of times in training. Um, always had some freaking injury. And you get beat up. You know, mentally is exhausting because, you know, it's... um. It's an ego killer, which is, which is good. It's good, but it's also, it's taxing physically and mentally to, to be a mixed martial artist and, and go in there day in and day out, week in and week out and, uh, put your body through that. So it's not fun to begin with. Like some guys love it. They're kind of like psychotic, but <laughs> I say that in a, in a good way because it's kind of funny. Some guys actually like to fight and put their body through that shit. Um, but most people like they don't, it's not enjoyable. Like they have like a goal, you know, they have a goal. They want to be like world champion. They want to make a lot of money <clears throat> guys that become pro fighters. <clears throat> so it, it's hard to get out of, out of bed in the morning to, to, to train and compete as it is, you know, the fights are nerve wracking. Um, you know, you set a date to compete against somebody that's that like trained like you to kick ass and this person's training their hardest to beat your ass in a cage in front of everybody, you know, and it's going to be like immortalized. So that's kind of like nerve wracking. You got this date, you know, my person, my mentality, my personality works like this. I rather like fight somebody like on the fly, <laughs> like, like if you give me like a date, you know, like me personally, the way that I am, I'm going to fester on it. <clears throat> I'm going to be like, concerned with how prepared I am, <clears throat> you know, I'm not gonna, you know, is this going to be on my mind until the day of the competition? Um, it's almost easier just to like get it done the day of, or like what, whatever's like right in front of you than having like a date. It's like walking to your execution. So, <clears throat> you know, um, rant, rant, it's not easy to be a mixed martial arts you know, to, to compete as a pro fighter. So going back to Zabit, um, being out for so long and it's, 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 it's tough to like put your body through that. He just, he just lost the fire. He just lost the fire and, and it, and it freaking sucks. It freaking sucks because he's a hell of a fighter. Blue says, yeah, Blue, you actually, you're actually pretty spot on. I'm just right around there. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it sucks because he could have been a uh, world champ. I think Zabit had the skills um, and the talent to, to be world champion. There, w there was like a chink in his armor, though. There is a chink in his armor. Um, the cardio and conditioning. A lot of people, a lot of people, 
felt like Zabit had shit cardio. <laughs> now, I mean, in his fights, you did see him kind of gas out a little bit. You know, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say um, he has crap cardio. I don't know what's going on with him, you know, in those, in those fights, what was going on with him, but he did gas in some fights. So we got Warthog. What's up, Ward? What's going on, man? I'm good, bro. How are you doing? Thanks for hopping on the live. I got a little bit of time left. I actually got to get dinner. Um, I don't got too much time. I usually I go like about an hour. Blue says Max Holloway go will go 155. Uh, he's excited. Oh wow, I didn't read or hear anything about that. Uh, Brian Brian Blaze, what's up, Brian? Brian says uh, John will never get a Letterman jacket. Yeah, man. Hey, <clears throat> you know, regardless of like why he popped, it's definitely like it. it it's a it's a bad mark. It's a bad mark. I think your um, your legacy is forever tarnished. It's like a big question mark. You know what I mean? It's like Anderson Silva. Like Anderson Silva. Uh, apparently, the story is he was taking steroids to heal his leg. But it's like people don't want to hear that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, once you pop, once you pop, that's pretty much it. Like your, your legacy is kind of tarnished a little bit. There's like a little asterisk. With your career, like maybe you were juicing and doing things throughout your whole career. And that's definitely the case with TJ Dillashaw, you know, with, with a lot of guys. <clears throat> Torrance says, I would love to see Max Holloway at lightweight. Me too, dude. I Like, look, I don't agree with Dana um, that Max is too small for lightweight. I don't think he is. Like, and look, if you're too small, you could just lift weights and eat more. You know what I mean? You you could you could change your body composition. It takes a little bit of time and like dedication and work, but I don't think Max Holloway's too small for lightweight. He's a tall dude. That dude's like 5'11, and he definitely has the frame to put on size and mass. He just needs to properly do it. I think he can compete with like, you know, the the lightweight elites. Like, yeah, definitely. Warthog says the beat has the skills, but his cardio will never make him champ. Imagine him versus Alex and my um, or, or Max in five rounds. Maybe, dude, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm misgaging um Zabit's um cardio. Maybe I'm like overestimating it. I, I'm not sure if he has like a problem, but I, I I've seen him gas in fights. I've seen him gas in fights. It could be his style too, you know, because uh when guys are like really explosive and mobile like that. Because Zabit really doesn't stop moving. And he mixes it up like striking with grappling. Um, it's super tiring. You know, it's 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 very taxing. It's tiring. So maybe it's just like his fight style. He expends like a lot of energy. As opposed to like Usman. Like Usman's kind of like a methodical dude. Hold on one sec, guys. Usman's kind of like a methodical fighter. He plods forward. He takes his time. He doesn't really like exert a lot of energy. So, Usman's viewed as having good cardio because, you know, part of that is like cardio management. He's just really good at managing his cardio in a fight and remaining composed and, you know, picking and choosing, picking and choosing his battles, like as far as like expending energy. You know who got great cardio? Like without question, Kobe, Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington has sick cardio. So does Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson, Kobe Covington. Um, Max Holloway, Alexander Volkanovsky, who else got sick cardio? Back in the day, Keen Velasquez for a heavyweight. 
We got Josh in the room. Josh says, imagine um, a Scream Ghostface movie with Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, Dustin Poirier, Gagey, Tony, uh, Ferguson Max, Jose. That'll be a crazy movie, bro. <laughs> Torrance says, Dillashaw only juice for going to flyweight. He didn't do that uh, during his run at bantamweight. That's his story, right, Torn? That's pretty much what he says. Who who knows, man? All I know is like once you pop for that man, it's like people are always gonna question, you know, like your your entire career. Blue says, Do you think Islam Magachev uh most fights Darius before Charles Oliveira? Torn says Diego Sanchez used to have good cardio. Yeah, he did, man. He did. And Diego used to like Diego like he used to like mix it up. He used to do like the striking with the grappling, like go, go, go. That's true. That's true. Diego had great cardio. Um, but back to Blue's uh, statement. Do I think Makachev should fight um, Benil Dariush? I think he should. I think he should. Like, I wouldn't be mad if if Islam got the title shot against uh, Charles Oliveira. Like, I wouldn't be super mad about it. You know, because he's on an 11 or 12 fight win streak. I think it's 11. I wouldn't be super mad about it, but at the same time, he should probably fight and beat like a top 10 guy, like a ranked dude. So he probably should go through Benio Darius first, and then they're like, there'll be no argument or complaint from anybody. You know, that's uh, you know, that's my view on that. What's up, Zach? Zach W in the in the live. What's going on, bro? Um, who's the best striker, Dillashaw or O'Malley? Dude, um, O'Malley's a good striker. <laughs> O'Malley's a good striker, man. Um, I think people are kind of coming around to him and understanding that, that he's actually like a pretty good fighter and he's a good striker. <clears throat> they got different styles. Like they're both diverse on the feet because Dillashaw, he mixes boxing with, uh, he kickboxes, you know, he throws like body kicks, low kicks, um, did a show with the high kicks, so he's not like one-dimensional striking-wise, but he's to me he's primarily a boxer. You know, he he's like maybe eighty percent boxing in, in the cage when he when he fights, striking-wise, of course. And O'Malley's O'Malley reminds me of like a smaller uh, Yuri Prohaska. You know, <clears throat> kind of. I feel like O'Malley may be a little bit more defensively responsible <clears throat> but O'Malley's like very like free flowing you know um creative he mixes things up he just kind of like goes with the flow does things on the fly you know sees openings creates openings with like his weird movement you know and angles and stuff like that footwork he um he likes to beat guys have his hands down so they could like you know, throw at him and he'll counter. Like, O'Malley's a good counter striker. Uh, who's the overall better striker? I mean, I mean, TJ's more proven. I would say that. I think TJ's more proven against better competition. So, logically, you might have to, like, lean towards uh, TJ Dillashaw being a better striker. Only because he's more proven. But, like, looking at them and, like, my personal opinion, uh, they're probably equally effective i think they're like right on par i think if they fight and it's a striking affair i can't even tell you who's going to get the better of the exchanges because the power goes to um tj dillashaw 
The movement and fluidity goes to uh, Sean O'Malley to me, but TJ moves pretty well. He got great footwork. Creativeness, O'Malley. Diversity, O'Malley for me. It's close. Torrance says, the real question is who's the better striker between um, Sean O'Malley and Max Holloway? That's a that's a that's a that's another good comparison. I'm probably gonna lean towards Max Holloway. I think Max, Maxi Baby. You know, uh the experience competing at a high level. It's one thing looking super impressive against like lower ranked guys, but like Max beats people's asses that are like elite. You know, he's proven at at an elite level. I mean, look at how Max pieced up Calvin Cater. That was crazy. Calvin Cater is like very dangerous. Going toe to toe with uh, Alex Volkanovsky, Alexander Volkanovsky. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do and not get knocked out. But part of that is um, Max's Hawaiian chin. <laughs> he got like a rock head like BJ Penn. Something about Hawaiians, man. <clears throat> Hawaiians got granite chins. So do uh, Mexicans. A lot of Hispanics have like great chins and like in the lower weight classes, like especially in boxing, man. But in MMA, um, in MMA, uh, Hawaiians and like Samoans got, got freaking granite chins. Blue says, bro, talk about Jorge Masvidal versus Gilbert Burns in your channel. Who will win? Give me a pick MMA slam. All right, I will. I will, Blue, right now. So I think I did a breakdown for it. I'm not sure, but I'll just rant on it. If I repeat some of the same things as the breakdown, I apologize. I'm just going to kind of riff. So Masvidal versus Gilbert Burns. Uh, grappling, definitely going to give it to Gilbert Burns. Um, I don't think Masvidal is a scrub in the grappling department. I think he's actually underrated. He got a solid wrestling, but you put him against a guy like Colby Covington, his... You know, he's not going to look as good in, in wrestling wrestling against one of the gr- greatest wrestlers in the UFC. So that's a given. But the amount of times he got up from, um, the amount of times he got up from um, Usman taking him down was like pretty impressive um, in the first fight, especially. So I think Masvidal's wrestling and his grappling is like underrated because he went he was on the mat with Damian Meyer for like a long time and he didn't get tapped out. Damian Meyer had his back, I believe. And um, it was really impressive how he didn't get tapped out. So I think Jorge could kind of hold his own on uh, on the mat grappling-wise against Gilbert Burns. But I think if the fight stays on the mat, it's it's dangerous for Masvidal. I think Burns could possibly catch him or something. Uh, Striking-wise, I think that Masvidal is, like, more seasoned. He's more polished striking-wise. I think he's the better overall striker. But Gilbert Burns is very dangerous. If I could put a ratio on the striking, I think Gilbert Burns is catching up. That dude's very dangerous, man. He got knockout power. He's explosive. For me, it's going to be, like, 60-40 Masvidal in the striking. Um, Grappling, it's going to be, like... Um... I almost want to say 70-30 burns, you know, in the grappling. <clears throat> cardio and conditioning, I don't really think cardio is an issue for Masvidal, you know, um, or Gilbert Burns. I don't think it's going to be a big factor in that fight between the two. I think I think it's comparable. Chin, uh, for me, even though Jorge got knocked out, I'm going to give it to, um, I'm going to give it to uh, Masvidal. 
I'm going to give it a master though for, for Chin because and Jorge, like I think like in 40 fights, he's never been like, up until Usman, he's never been like knocked out cold. That's pretty impressive. Um, And think about his style. He's primarily a striker, you know? So that's a lot of like, you know, a lot of hits on your chin over your career for years and to never, never be knocked out cold is pretty impressive. So Chin, I'm going to give it to Masvidal. And just like fight pick, um, it's a toss up for me. I think 50 50. I, I, I really can't say definitively who I think would win. I feel like Masvidal can knock Burns out. I'm not sure if Gil has the wrestling to take Jorge down like that and keep him down. He got the BJJ to do something, but you know, there's a difference. There's Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and there's wrestling. <clears throat> They're all under, under the grappling window, but it's like you could be a, an elite BJJ player, but how's your wrestling to take guys down? And I'm not sure if Gil, Gilbert has the wrestling to take Masvidal down like that. I think his takedown defense is kind of underrated. So I think for the most part, this would be like a striking match. And um, I think Jorge's better standing. So I might lean towards Masvidal, maybe like um, maybe 60-40. You know, 60-40 Masvidal, I could see him getting a finish standing, but I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to say because how how's Jorge going to come back after such a vicious knockout? You know, a lot of times when guys get knocked out like that, um, they're mentally like not the same fighter. They lose confidence. Um, not to mention like the physical damage. Like what if something's wrong with his brain? <laughs> you know, like you get hit on the chin enough and... and you know, your your chin gets cracked. When you get put out cold like that, it kind of changes you. It has to do something to your brain, you know, and your chin. So who knows what kind of fighter Jorge is? And he's also nearing 40. So I don't know. It's tough to say, but my money would prob- probably be on Masvidal. Doomsday. What's going on, Doomsday? Can Josh Emmett beat Calvin Cater? <clears throat> I think he can, but I probably would lean towards Calvin Cater. You know, I think Cater's going to be the better, the better striker overall. Cater's super tough. He could take a shot. I think, um, damn, but Emmett's a, Emmett's a very powerful dude. He's a very powerful dude. Even though I don't think he strikes as well as Cater, man. I mean, damn, if he catches him, if he can knock out anybody in the division, really. And he has the wrestling, but I will lean towards, uh, Calvin Cater. <clears throat> Zach says, who's the better wrestler, Masvidal or McGregor? Well, Connor's not a complete scrub. I don't I don't think Connor's a complete scrub on the mat uh wrestling-wise. Um I think his 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 grappling is also underrated. But if we're talking strictly wrestling, I'm gonna say Masvidal. I think I think Masvidal is a better wrestler than Connor in straight wrestling. Like if you take both of those guys and you put them in a in a straight wrestling match, um, I think I think Jorge would beat him. I think Jorge would beat him. This is probably my last one, guys. Uh, Josh, what's up, Josh? Josh says, can Nate Diaz beat Dan Hooker? I think so. I think so. If Nate Diaz could rock Leon Edwards, I think he has a shot of beating uh, Dan Hooker. Uh, Maybe like a tough fight for Nate stylistically and like Dan's attributes, his frame. He's very lengthy. You know, I think he's... I think he's a better striker than Nate. Um, But Nate, Nate has like a way of like surviving. He got a way of like surviving 
and uh, hanging in fights and catching guys and making it competitive. I mean, you never really know. Of course, the ground game goes to Nate. Dan Hooker seems difficult to take down. So I don't know if Nate can necessarily get him down. But uh, uh, yeah, he could be Hooker. I mean, who would I pick in that fight? Would I get into too much crazy detail? Uh, I pro- probably would lean towards probably Dan Hooker, but I think it'll be super competitive. But guys, I got a jet. Um, gotta either make dinner or get dinner. Freaking starving. Um, thanks guys for hopping on the live. Uh, really appreciate it. Take you guys taking the time out to hang out with me. Uh, once again, you guys are the best and I appreciate the support. And I'll catch you guys on the next one. Maybe I'll hop on tomorrow. Got some new videos popping up. Um, You guys have a nice night. Have a nice day wherever you're at. And I'll catch you guys on the next one. All right. Later, guys.